You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Guys, is it weird that I'm only 28 and I feel like... Ah, shut up. I feel like... (laughs) If you can't hear him in here, they're saying, liar! Um... It's, it's weird about getting old. Like, as you get old, things just happen that you just never expect to happen. And um, we were driving the other day, my family and I, and I just randomly said, hey, we should go to Disneyland, right? And, like, and I understand that Disneyland is not open. But I was like, we should go to Disneyland. And uh, my wife's like, no, we shouldn't. Like, why? She's like, because you get sick on roller coasters. And I was like, I do not. And then I stopped, and I thought about it, and I was like, I do. It's crazy. Like, when I was in my prime, a young lad, right, like, I was able to ride the roller coasters over and over and over again. Like, my wife and I, for one of our anniversaries, we actually spent an extra... I forgot how much it was to have the VIP necklace. You, you know the one where you uh, get to bypass the line and everyone's like flipping you the bird, right? They're like, ah, I hate you, right? And you're like, ah. uh, yeah, so we loved roller coasters. I love them in my youth. But as I've gotten older, I can't do them. Oh, that was, wow. Um, I just, I can't, like, I, I have to, like, take those little pills now before I do, right? Like, I, those drama, dramamine, I got to take those, and if I don't take it in time, then, then I still, like, am sick. I, I remember when, when I was younger, I was able to enjoy the roller coaster, right? I would look forward to the loop, just sitting in there, it's coming, Right? That's either roller coaster or constipation. <laughs> Stop it, John. This is church. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Calm down. Um, and so, like, but now when I'm in the roller coaster, I'm like, all I think about the whole time, don't throw up. Don't throw up. Don't throw up. Don't throw up. <clears throat> like, seriously, that's all. That's all I think about. The loops. Don't throw up. Don't open your mouth. Right? Like, it's horrible. It's horrible. I can't enjoy it. In fact, the last time that I went on a roller coaster, when I got off the roller coaster, I was like staggering, right? Like I was like that one friend that you, that doesn't know how to like chill, right? Like I was, I was like, super dizzy. I remember once I got off the roller coaster, I was like, there was like this quick thought of like, where Am I? What just happened? And I was discombobulated. There's a good word. I was discombobulated. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about my feelings of how I felt when I got off the roller coaster. I was thinking about how dizzy I was. I was thinking about how uh, just how like I didn't really, I, I, I was thinking like, man, what just happened? And and I think if we're honest, uh, that same feeling, that same idea, if we're honest, is how a lot of us, perhaps maybe most of us felt coming out of 2020. Yeah. 
Right? Like, I feel like 2020 took everybody, put it in like a tumbler, shook it real hard, poured it out, and like, hey, good luck. Right? Like, it was, and 2020 was just like, what is happening? What is going on? We, we've seen so many things from like f- with families and, and, and jobs, job loss and, and loss of life and, and all these things just like kind of just <laughs> done on the floor. And it's kind of left us, left me, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but left me thinking, feeling what just happen. You know, and and I think one area in our life that we really haven't considered that that has that this past year has done has affected us. What one area in our life that I think that has has really just affected us but we we may not have realized it is when it comes to the condition of our faith. Like I wonder what 2020 has done to your condition of your faith. Now, when I say faith, what I mean is the totality of what Jesus has done for you and what he is going to do through you and everything in between this idea of faith. Like, what has he done for you and for me? Like, that, that, that's what I mean as faith. And, and I, I feel like 2020, it just shook us at our core. It shook our faith. And kind of, uh, it, it allowed us to see where we're at. Like it tested our faith. It tested our faith, just like that blower outside. It's testing my faith. <laughs> and it's, yes, it's testing it. So if we're honest, if we're honest, it has tested our faith. But here's, here's what I want you to know, that's okay. It's okay that your faith was tested. In fact, Scripture talks about your faith being tested. Uh, the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 6-7 writes this, There is wonderful joy ahead. Yay, there's joy. Right? Like ahead. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Everyone's like, what's joy? We don't know. <laughs> there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure trials for a little while. Let that sink in. There's joy ahead, but in order to get to that joy, you might have to go through some trials. Hello, 2020. But watch this, verse 7. These trials will show you if your faith is genuine. These trials will show you if your faith is genuine. So our faith in 2020, something like it shook, or 2020 shook us up. It, it shook up our relationships, our friendships. It, it shook up our, our financial status. It, it, shook up, it shook us up to the core. But it's also 2020, if we're honest, it shook our faith. And, it, and, and these trials that we had to deal with showed the purity of our faith. 
It showed the genuineness of our faith. It showed a lot about the faith that you and I have. And here's why I'm telling you this and why I think it's very important that we have to understand that trials happen, that stuff happens. Here's why, because we, don't under, we don't, really don't know what 2021 is going to bring us. For a lot of us, this idea that the numbers switched and all of a sudden everything's like, gone. But we have no idea what 2021 is going to bring us. In faith, we're believing it's going to be good. In faith, we're believing that God is going to be faithful as he always is. But, but what, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm starting with this idea, this premise, is, is because I want us to be in the position in 2021 that no matter what this year looks like, my faith in Jesus is unshakable. I, I, I need to get to the place in life where no matter the trials, no matter the situation, no matter the testing, no matter the doors that are shutting, the doors that are closing, no matter what this year brings, I have to have a, a, a peace in my heart to know that my faith in Jesus is unshakable. No matter the spikes in cases, hello, my faith in Jesus is unshakable. No matter my job situation, my faith in Jesus is unshakable. No matter the negativity that surrounds me, I got to believe in faith that my faith in Jesus is we have to get to the place where our faith in Jesus is unshakable. That's good news, but here's the bad news. In order to see if our faith is unshakable, we got to go through shakable times. And so I believe the way that we get to a place of unshakable faith is dependent on how we view our faith. The way that we can get to the place of, of unshakable faith in Jesus is by discovering or, or by, by, by figuring out how we view our faith. And there's two ways that I want to just share with you of how we, we can view our faith. The first one is, the, is uh, to view it through the lens of a cause. The second is to view it through the lens of a calling. And so we're going to break those down. So the first one, if we have an op we 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 can choose to view our faith through the lens of a cause. The lens of a cause. Now, John, what are you talking about? So glad you asked. Uh, a cause. Think about a good cause. Like, there's good causes everywhere, right? Like, good, like causes are some, good causes are something that, like, we just want to be a part of, right? And, and for some of us, like, this whole faith, Christianity, church, community thing, like, you started it because you're like, man, it seems like a good cause. Like, I can use some community right now. It seems like a good cause. They help people out. It seems like a good cause to jump into, to be part of this idea of a good Cause the only problem is, is when I view my faith through the lens of a good cause, 
is that my faith all of a sudden becomes an add-on to life. Right? My faith, when I view it through the lens of a cause, all of a sudden, my, 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 my faith is just something that I'm adding on to my calendar. Something that I'm adding on to my life. I got my PTA good cause. I got the save the whales good cause. I got the I refuse to use paper or excuse me, plastic straws because the turtles good cause. Hey, by the way, like what kind of weak turtle? Remember like people my age and below, like turtles were ninjas, were strong. Like they could take anything. And now all of a sudden we're like, don't feed them straws, right? Like anyways, whatever good cause you're thinking, like please don't send me hate emails. (laughs) Like whatever a good cause is, like we're like, ooh, maybe this faith thing, this Christian thing could be a good cause. And we just add it onto our calendar like our little pin that we walk around with. Ah, (laughs) yeah, I'm a Christian, good cause. Here's the problem when we see it through the lens of a good cause is that it becomes an add-on. And when I view it as an add-on, then I subconsciously view it as expandable. And when my faith becomes expandable, it gives me the option of wanting to walk away when it gets hard. When I view my faith through the lens of a cause, it gives me the opportunity to say, ah, I'm outgrowing this thing right here. And as long as we view our faith through the lens of a good cause, our faith will always waver. It'll always go up. It'll go down. It'll go up. It'll go down. The news, it's either going to take you up or it's going to take you down. Let's be honest, it'll probably take you down. It'll go up and down. Your faith, if we view our lens through faith through the lens of a cause, our faith becomes expandable. So I want to propose to you this morning that, that your faith should not be viewed through the lens of a cause, but it should be viewed through the lens of a calling. See, this is the goal right here, is that this year, that that I would begin to see my faith, that you would begin to see your faith through the lens of a calling. Because here's where it differs than a cause, is when I view my faith through the lens of a calling, I understand that Ephesians 2.10 says that God created me as a masterpiece, that he called me. He created me. He put things inside of me. Like my calling, my call, the purpose, my faith is the very core of who I am. And so if I view my faith through the lens of a calling, I can't separate it. Like like my faith is not just something I'm adding on. My faith is who I am. And so anytime I try to drift away, it's like my faith is the anchor to my soul. That when I try to drift away, I can't get too far because it's calling me back because this is where I'm supposed to be because my faith, my faith is a calling. 
Like, I got to view it as something that can't be removed. Like, if my calling is removed from my life, then I am nothing. Well, that's a bit dramatic, John. No, that's scripture. Like, my faith is everything I am. And here's what I love is that when I view my faith as, as a calling, then that moves me, it motivates me to jump into a cause. See, I think a lot of times we elevate cause over call. And so we, we jump into a cause without really being called, and we burn out. And so if I, if I can get to the place where, where I, 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 view, I view my faith as a call, it'll naturally draw me to a cause to jump into. In fact, this is what Jesus modeled for us. In, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is confronted with this problem of how the, the, the calling that God had over his life, how he would view it, how he would, view, how he would view the importance of it. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. And then I can have the keys come up because we're about to land this plane and go home. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. Then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of the religious leaders, be killed, and then on the third day be raised up alive. My God. So Jesus right here, he's, he's gathering his disciples. He's like, hey, I got to tell you something, guys. Um, God is calling me to something greater. He's, he's, he's calling me to, to, to die on the cross because that's my calling. He's, he's informing his disciples that he's, he's going to pursue his calling. And here's the phenomenal thing, is that his calling would cost him everything. Can I propose to you this morning that your calling will cost you everything? John, that's not positive. Okay. I'm positive that your calling will cost you everything. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm, I'm about to die. Like, this is it. I'm about to, I'm about to die. I'm gonna, about to be resurrected. And uh, this is the moment where if we see our faith through the lens of a cause, we're like, peace out. I'm done. It was nice knowing you. I'm going to go back over here, right? In fact, Jesus was... Watch this. One of his closest disciples. Watch what he says when Jesus is like, hey, I'm about to fulfill my calling. But Peter, this is verse 22 of, of Matthew chapter 16. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Peter took him in hand, protesting, impossible, master. That can never be. I love that. That can never be. 
Peter's like, Jesus, hey, I heard what you said. Let's just talk privately. So, uh, Jesus, I just want, this is Peter. I'm Peter. He's like, so, Jesus, I just, I just got to let you know that this is not the best business decision. Um, I think that there are way more cons than pros. Like, this is Peter. He's talking to Jesus. He's trying to talk Jesus out of his calling. And Jesus has to decide how he's going to view this. But watch what he says in verse 23. He said, Jesus, it says, uh, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. I'll read that again. Jesus, Peter's like, Jesus, don't do it. You got too much to lose. Come on, go build tables. What's plan B? Go to plan B, Jesus. And Jesus turns to Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap. You're seeing things merely through the lens of a human point of view, not from God's. What is Jesus saying? He's showing us that if we're not careful, even people that we think have the good intentions in our life can draw us from the great things that God has for us. Even the people in your life that have good intentions, be fearful, be afraid. Even those people that we love so much, they can have the wrong intention for you. Jesus said, get behind me. It's a trap. Get behind me, Satan. You're setting up a trap for me. And then he says, he says, Peter, you're seeing things through a human point of view. Not from God's. Which tells me that there's two ways, hello, to view your faith. There's man's way, a cause, but then there's God's way, a calling. And Jesus said this, the last verse. He said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Listen, Jesus' commitment level to his calling was to give you everything. And it's out of his calling that sets the, the, the standard or the expectation of how we live our faith. Come on. 2021, I want to have unshakable faith. I want to have faith that endures the test. I want to have faith that overrides my fears. I want to have faith that brings hope and not negativity. I want to have faith that encourages and not, not detracts from people. Like I want to have unshakable faith. But it starts with how I see my faith. My faith can't be viewed through the lens of a cause, but a calling. And once again, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me.
What is he saying? Give up your own way. So faith goes beyond my preference. He said, take up your cross. Faith goes beyond my comfort level. And he said, follow me. Faith goes beyond my impulse. See, the difference between calling and a cause, based off of Matthew 16, verse 24, the difference between calling and cause is full surrender. That if I can learn to fully surrender my own way, take up my cross, follow me, that if I can learn to do that, if I can learn to posture myself and fully surrender, then I could begin to see my faith in a different light. My faith won't be determined, won't be dictated by what I see, how I feel, but who God called me to listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.